You are now listening to Carly's Couch. I'm Carly. And I'm Lex. In this podcast, we discuss a wide array of topics about life and how to live your best life. Whatever that looks like for you. (laughs) Hope y'all enjoy. This week, we explore curiosity, why it's important, and ways to re-spark it in your everyday life. Good morning, good afternoon, what's Good evening. Up? Or that. I uh, <laughs> hope you're doing good. Welcome to the couch uh, for episode 180-something, almost at 200. So we appreciate you guys listening all along the way. Hey, hey. Man, I'm excited, yeah. 180-something, that's that's wild. Um, super wild when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. I was on a, um, a different podcast interview the other day. And they were asking questions about, like, oh, how'd y'all get started and all this stuff. And it really, like, had me reflecting, like, man, it, you know, it's really been a minute. Since we started the podcast? Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it's crazy when you think about some of the people who've, like, really been doing this for years. It is not light work. Um, people ask me about doing podcasts all the time, and I've seen a lot of podcasts start and a lot of podcasts drop off. So um, definitely would encourage people, if you do feel like you have something to say, um, start a YouTube channel, start a podcast, like whatever it is, like do it. Um, I think it's a pretty cool way to like get your thoughts out and for you to even process your own thoughts sometimes. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite things is it's so cathartic and we get to explore topics that we're interested in as well and have really dope guests and ask them really great questions, you know, that sometimes they be charging like $400 an hour for. So <laughs> also hype about that. So Carly, why did you want to talk about curiosity today? Um, originally the thought was sparked from our conversation on detachment and curiosity came up as one of the ways, um, like if you're more curious in your life, it helps you be able to practice non-attachment. But then also I've been watching a lot of Sherlock Holmes lately and, um, you know, he's just such a curious individual in general. And I'm like, man, like we should probably explore this and why, why it's important and, you know, ways that all of us can be a little bit more, more curious in our lives. So you brought up Sherlock Holmes. So does that mean you admire him or admire that trait in others? I do. I think curiosity is something I admire in other people. Um, I don't know if I admire him necessarily, but that that trait in him for sure. Talk about why though. Um, like, what is it about? It's so cool for like to see people who don't take things just as they seem and are able to like look a little bit deeper beyond the surface. Like he can walk into a room and knows, you know way more than just what someone's putting on or what they told them. He can see through lies and it's really his like thirst for knowledge. Like he's very well read, very well researched and that accompany with like him just being curious and asking questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing about this topic, like we're saying curiosity and curious, but then like if you were to ask me how curious of a person I feel like I am, um, really what I'm thinking about it, I mean, which I guess it is the same type of thing, like being eager to learn but is that I like to learn. And I think that um, framed that way, it's really easy to be like, yeah, I love to learn things. Like I always like to, you know, understand something or figure something out um, and explore things so that I'm always like taking something in. But for some reason, when I think about curious in that word, I think about like curious George and I think about more so that trait being something that like could kind of get you in trouble or it's like you're always pushing the edges or, you know, maybe being a little annoying about it. Like, Oh, you're being so curious. Like you're asking a million questions. Um, so then it's like using the word curious is like, okay, it seems like a little bit more of like a character type thing to me, but I do love to learn. And so technically, yes, I guess I would say that I'm curious. Um, do you think about the term in that way or, um, 
to you is just to me it's like like I would say I'm intensely curious because I do love to learn and I do like to know why things happen and what's going on and you know just trying to figure things out um so it's funny I didn't even think about Curious George uh first thing I thought about was wishbone uh like when the, the word like you know all these explorers and private eye type things mm -hmm. um gumshoes trying to figure out stuff so I, I i think it's interesting you know to solve mysteries and do all that that's kind of like what comes to my mind with curious mm -hmm. and i think it can be a double-edged sword right like it's great to ask questions but also like are you being nosy you know what i mean there's mm -hmm. like a fine line between the good side like a double-edged sword fine line between you know asking questions you know because you're curious and also like impeding on people's privacy or on their whatever mm -hmm. but that person is a curious person too right so it's like it's not necessarily like oh it's it's good to be curious or maybe it is. I don't know. Would you say it's good to be curious or it doesn't matter like how you're using it? Because even like the, the town gossip or people who, you know, just know everything about everybody. Are you judging it by what people are curious about? Because also I don't think everybody cares about just learning and being curious. You might want to know oh, what's going on with these celebrities or what's going on in this world of sports. And, you know, does that mean that it's a trait that's not necessarily good or bad? Um, I'm, I think the trait is inherently good because, you know, wanting to expand yourself, but then also I'm like, are people who, you know, just want to know people's business to, I don't, know, I don't know, know it, to talk about it or to, you know, use it against them? Like, is, is that curiosity as much? I don't, I don't know. I guess I hadn't like considered that part. Yeah. I was trying to think of like, what's the span of it? Because I think it's, like, if you're just eager to know about things, period. Like, I, that's why um, I said, like, I kind of, when I think about curious, I also, it's, I start to think also about some of those other things more than if we just talked about, um, you know, the journey of learning and wanting to learn. But being curious just, to me, feels like you want to, you know, you just want to know things. Um, and it may be whatever, so... Well, and also, like, or, like, want to feel things, want to experience things. So I think, like, being curious, like, could also turn into a bad thing when it, you know, it could lead to a drug addiction or could lead to very reckless behaviors because you want to feel that high or want to feel that, you know, I don't know, getting feeling yeah. getting caught. I was thinking about that, too, because also when I think about the word curious, I think about children a little bit more and how you might touch a cactus or, like, how I pulled a pot of hot water over my body or I got electrocuted because I touched something or, um, you know, those types of things where it also we can say that's a good thing to be curious because in those times you are learning, right? Especially when you think about it as a child, being curious allows you to learn about your environment or learn what things are um, and be able to kind of process the world around you. I think it's perhaps um, how you do that processing, you know, that makes this more useful for you, more beneficial of a trait. Um, as opposed to just something that's always like, there goes, you know, little little Johnny again, like, because you're always just doing too much. Um, but if you process it in a certain way, perhaps that makes it like it's always a matter of you're trying to learn a lesson or you're learning something um, and how you apply that or how you use it um, is up to you. Have you... Have you always wanted to learn and, like, wanted to know things? And I would say you're a really great question asker. So, I, I mean, is that just something that's always been there, or did you develop that? I don't know if I always ask questions. And I think that even now, like, mostly I ask questions 
not to listen all the time. Or, like, it's not necessarily just that. I just, um, or maybe it is. Sometimes I like to learn about things. I just see what people think about a thing. But sometimes it's just that I don't want to talk also. I think I've always um, really been into learning, though. And I think that most likely that was a behavior that was rewarded heavily in my household. Um, Because I remember, like, I would have teachers who would, like, give me books and I would be excited or... When we got our 1994 collection of encyclopedias, like I used to just read them um, and just try to learn things. I used to always try to uh, learn about the things that I wanted in my life. So like if I wanted a rabbit, there's there's times like I wanted every animal. And so I'd always like read a lot of books about it and I know exactly what I needed and all the um, equipment and what's the schedule of cleaning behind the pet and all these things. And then I never <laughs> like got anything or never did anything per se but I always wanted to be ready and, like, curious about it. Um, me and one of my brothers, we had a detective agency. I found some pictures the other day of, like, we made our own, like, identification cards with our fingerprints on it, and we were going to, like, try to solve cases. Um, the books I used to read were all, like, Encyclopedia Brown, Pee Wee Scouts, um, different types of books that would was in the, in the book, like, they're learning something or they're teaching something. Um, so I would always learn from everything. I used to love going to the library. We had our library cards. We'd go all the time. Like, we knew the librarians. Um, so I think that because I grew up always trying to explore um, and kind of be in that world of, like, theater of the mind when you read a lot, um, and I think that's a good, good way to become more curious or to, to practice that muscle, and I think that's probably what led to that for me. So that's why, like, for me, it's like I can easily say I love to learn. I like learning. School's always been easy and fun and I like that um but I'm also not like well I was about to say I'm not curious but yeah I also did like I used to eat paint and glue and like (laughs) if I I would touch stuff or try to eat everything um so yeah I I guess so I have pictures eating dirt like my little brother (laughs) made a donut out of clay and put it in a Krispy Kreme box and they still have it to this day with my bite marks in it so (laughs) Yeah, I've I've really have um, always been like that, but again, I think I can see how I would be shaped and molded by by my environment to be that way. Um, what about you? Are you would you say that you've always been a curious person? Oh man, always a curious kid, and that's funny because I definitely ate dirt. I tried dog food. I thought I was a dog mm-hmm. when I was little. I used to bark at the mailman. That's a whole bunch of things. But yeah, my mom always. <laughs> whole thing my mom always encouraged learning and she would ask me questions and you know give me on the spot spelling tests and ask me what flower this is and what this is good for you know like she she loved learning and she loved like my curiosity and so she always fed into it and you know um I remember for my birthday because I liked solving things and she did this whole treasure hunt for my birthday so I had to find the clues and do all the things and try to figure out you know what it is so I think it's just in my in my blood my grandfather was also one of his side jobs um he was a geological draftsman but he was also a private eye mm-hmm. <laughs> and so cool. I used to think it was so cool I'm like oh man he's like in my head like going on stakeouts and having shootouts it's probably nothing like that at all but mm-hmm. um yeah just growing up around them to really like fueled that fire that I already had going so also what it sounds like, too, is a step further than just saying, like, um, our environment, our family, and how we grew up, is also probably our curiosity and our our love of learning is probably connected to getting that love and acceptance from your parents. Um, or that's a way to, like, we're getting love when 
like they're testing us on something or teaching us something and we like those moments um which encourage us to continue to like be in that kind of state to have more of those types of moments um with a parent or guardian i think that's probably a big part of it too um because now i'm trying to think of you know do i know anybody who's just like not curious um i'm trying to think would you is there can you think of people yeah i mean i i know quite a few people in my mind that I'd like a couple of old coworkers that I don't think are very curious. Um, like talk about like how they are so I can, um, like can understand like, what does that look like to you? Man, I'll even say my stepdad. So my stepfather is not, um, very curious. Like he just kind of takes things how they are. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, like, I never see him like trying to figure things out. He's always talking about like things that he knows. He's always, um, doing the same things essentially. Like his life kind of is, pretty monotonous and so mm-hmm. I would say he's probably not very curious and when I try to introduce him to new things he's very resistant to change mm-hmm. like he's not interested in trying to it's like oh what's that old newfangled stuff there like he's not really interested mm-hmm. in exploring new things he's very comfortable with where he is and do you think I mean not asking you to like judge necessarily but do you think that if somebody's comfortable and they you know they might not question the world around them or or have that sense of really wanting to dive into things but if they're comfortable, do you feel like, okay, well, that person's comfortable and happy and that's them? Or do you feel like you can sense, like, man, if you just branched out a little bit, I wonder what else could happen for you? If that made sense? Uh, yeah. Like, like, is it like, okay, he's happy, he's cool? Or, you know, some people it's like they also can want to act like they want to be in somewhere else or doing something else, but they just don't. I think he did want to do like other things and, and maybe at one point was curious but you know life happened he had to pay bills and so he kind of just settled into how he is and now he's happy with that and that's fine but I do think that um you know there were a lot of opportunities and things where he could have expanded you know had he been a bit more curious or wanted to you know try different things maybe take risks and he just didn't so I guess yes and like both I think anybody is if they're happy with where they are like that's cool um but I think there's so many reasons why you know being curious could be a good thing in your life Mm -hmm. I guess I'm also thinking about too like even with us having this conversation right like is it only gonna be falling on people who also are curious people and who like to learn because um you know those are the type of people who listen to this right so it's I feel like it's almost one of those things where you're kind of either in a space or you're not really in it and if, if you're just not that person and not into exploring or questioning anything or looking up stuff all the time or whatever um, I don't know. It's almost like, how do you ever get out of that? Like, it's not like, again, you wouldn't be going to look for this mm-hmm. conversation or, you know what I mean? Like, that's just where you are. Um, and I kind of think about that sometimes with like confirmation bias. When we think about the news or people who only want to watch a certain type of uh, bias of news, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you, you know what I mean? You're just stuck in that loop. Like, you're not there. What, what's going to make you get out of that? What would make somebody want to be curious or spark them to be curious? I think life-altering incidents. So, um, like, let's say they get hurt and then they're trying to figure out a way to get better Mm -hmm. or they start feeling really bad and they're like, man, maybe I should look at my food. And they've never really looked at, Mm -hmm. you know, the food they're intaking. So they start, you know, what's good to eat for me? You know, or they got to lose weight. or And that's, I mean, those are all very physical examples. But also, like, um, you know, if people are married and their spouse passes away, maybe – they start to explore what they like to do by themselves. And, you know, in the absence of that person. 
I think it's like life, life altering things and or something that you get really excited about. Like, let's say, you know, life has been pretty good. And then one day you decide to start a garden. Next thing you know, you love it. Like you just love filling the earth between your fingers and all that. Of course, like anything you're passionate about, I would imagine there's a healthy Mm -hmm. dose of curiosity for that. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like something kind of just sparks you um, in a space. So but even that. I mean, still requires you to, like, try something or do something, right? So, um, but I, I think I would agree with that because even in our own lives, it's that's when you really go into, if you're already a curious person, I would say, and you like learning, anytime something happens, your your first thing you're probably doing is, like, Googling something or looking up something or trying to figure out how to do something. And it may not always be a healthy thing that you're trying to do or figure out or whatever either. Um, but I, I do believe that it's when you're going through something um, and I'm not even talking about, like, just drama, but, like, to your point also, like, um, if I broke my arm, like, you know, I'm probably, like, going to look into all these other things and, like, how are we trying to heal it and do whatever. Or uh, if I'm trying to work on my diet, you might research into your vitamins or your nutrition and all of those things. So I think it just makes sense if you're already in that space. And then maybe it just has to be a big enough spark if you're not there to to go into it. Um, I wonder what would make what makes people who aren't that curious, um, like what makes them that way or, or what didn't happen or, or maybe what happened. Um, cause even as a kid, most kids are curious. So I wonder if it's mostly a thing where maybe it got shut down at a point. Um, yeah. that's what you would think. That's one of the first thoughts is like trauma. Like, you know, you got in trouble. You never um, start out like being like, yeah, not no, kids, kids are mad curious about everything, but mm-hmm. maybe they burn the hell out their hand on that stove. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then they got scared to touch stuff afterwards. So getting hurt or getting shut down. And to your point earlier about, you know, being like learning, being one of the ways that we shared, you know, love or receive love from our parents. Maybe their parents weren't like that. Maybe they mm-hmm. got in trouble. Don't be bringing them books in this house, which I don't, I mean. And I don't even think it had to be that deep. It probably yeah. could also be like, um almost like um, maybe your parents have to work so much that, like, you know, they just don't even interact with you around certain types of things um, because they can't be there at those times. Or um, maybe you know that your parents may not be able to afford um, some things or, mm-hmm. or can't do a thing. or you And you might be making that up, but, like, maybe you don't want to be a hassle and so you don't ask a lot of questions or... Because most kids do, like, you ask a lot of questions, but if maybe you're getting shut down or, like, please stop or, like, you see that you're stressed out or whatever, you may learn to silence yourself um, and maybe even silence that spark for curiosity. Yeah, and then also, like, maybe trying to fit in. Like, maybe they got made fun of for being the weird kid who liked, uh, I don't know, anime back in the day. I remember they used to make fun of uh, one of my homies in middle mm-hmm. school because he really loved anime. This was in, you know, 2002, 2003, whatever. He really loved anime, but he also would bring his coffee to school every morning in yeah. middle school. There was always, like, <laughs> yeah. a couple weird kids. And I, I was even, like, I remember in high school, one girl was like, why are you always dressed up every day? And I, I was like, oh, I do wear, like, a dress or, like, skirts all the time. Like, I would really, like, dress, and it would be, like, a silver, shiny skirt. Like, not that I was, like, looked like I was going to a club, but, like, for a kid, it was just, like, or I could just put some jeans on and, like, a shirt. Um... But then I didn't even really think about it until somebody, like, asked me or said something mm-hmm. about it. And I was like, oh, I guess I could just wear regular, some regular clothes sometimes. But, um, yeah, I think that is big. Like, your peers um, and what your peers say, what what you grow up being celebrated around or, mm-hmm. or what's celebrated out of you. Like, some people, you know, them doing well in school isn't celebrated as much. And or 
they may not do as well. Everybody has different reasons why they might not um, be at a certain level within certain spaces like academic system, et cetera. And then it's like you got to have the right type of folks around you who can help you to understand, you know, what this means, Maybe, which might just be like, oh, you're more tactical or visual or whatever. Um, but a lot of times we're not afforded that luxury of the time or, or, you know, being able to figure those things out sometimes. And then it just kind of might go into a spiral. So um, I would maybe think about for those listening, like if you feel like you're curious or not and maybe what shaped that for you. Um, I'd be interested in that. But I have a feeling it, most people probably have the same types of stories about like their kid and they love to read and, you know, be outside and do those types of things. And maybe you grew up in a neighborhood where you couldn't go outside because, you know, it's safe for you to be inside. Um, so my, you might have been sheltered. Like there's lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to also think of like something that's not so dramatic. It doesn't have to be like seem like a bad thing. But, um, yeah, it's just... I still do think it's for sure like something as you grow up that even if you don't remember a specific incident that kind of makes you the way that you are. It definitely, it definitely shapes us. Um, But yeah, I I would be interested too. And I was trying to think of like areas that maybe I used to be really curious about and I stopped, I mean, I still have the trait, but like thinking about maybe why I stopped exploring certain things or lost interest in stuff. Well, I mean, you're going to lose interest in things. I don't think, like, being curious means you always care about the same things. It's just, like, certain things around you always just want to explore. Um, but I think, and I think the curiosity, like, shows itself in a lot of different ways, too. So it doesn't have to just be that, you know, you keep up with the topic, for example. Yeah, my last thing is maybe it's so, maybe things are so rigid. Like, if you grow up in such a, like, a, like a very military, you know, rigid style, like, household, there's not a lot of space to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And then even, like, um, authoritative. Yeah, very authoritative. Mm-hmm. Or even at school, like, if you get penalized for asking questions, you might stop. Um, like, if, if teachers, you know, whatever. And then we stop pushing the status quo. But I remember I saw this image. Um, it was a meme. And it was, like, all these kids. And they had different shape of thought bubbles above their head. And mm-hmm. the teacher was walking by and cutting them all into a square. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much what a lot of the American school system does is they want us to accept things the way that they are. They were built originally to make us factory workers. And so I think a lot of times they're not necessarily sparking that curiosity or applauding it in ways that would encourage people to continue that habit for the rest of their life. Yeah, and the resources just aren't being put there to do the multifaceted type approach that is necessary for so many different individuals being individuals. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of issues with that. And I think that could be a good episode if we talk to somebody about the school system as well and, like, how it ended up the way that it is or where they see space for things to change. And I wonder um, what policy and legislature might be out there, because it probably is a lot, um, where people are working specifically towards making different changes in the education system. I already got a perfect person for that (laughs) um, in my mind. Let's talk about some tactical ways then that you can practice being curious. I'll say it like that, because you're probably already curious, but just thinking of ways that you can still flex that muscle and practice it um, on a day-to-day. Man, one of them is like when reading or listening to a book, looking up words that you don't know. I do this all the time, especially when I'm driving. I'm like, Siri, what does this mean? I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Now I can actually understand that sentence. I was trying to think of the actual word, but that happened to me like yesterday when I was driving. Yeah, I actually don't always look up words in a, like when I'm reading them, but I do I have a partner who they used to like when they're reading – 
uh, would circle the word, write it in the back of the book, and then look it up and, like, write the definition. So they also had, like, a word notebook, so they'd always write the words down. And I think that is good. Um, I think um, I actually know words, then I'm, like, I always might Google it to check and make sure I'm using it right before I, like, write something or do something. That's what I do a lot of times. Um, but I could probably look up more language, like, as I'm reading. I do sometimes. Another thing is, um, and I don't know if I should tell people to be doing this or not, but I know people I know who are very curious, like they tend to pull their phones out a lot and Google. Like if you're watching a movie, um, you're like, wait a minute, what was, what is this word they're talking about and that happened in uh, Liberia? And then you start looking it up, like, you know, the reference of something in a movie or um, even who the actor is. And man, what other movie was he in? And like looking <laughs> things up. Um, I also think there's a thin line between curiosity and ADHD, actually. Um, not trying to be funny, but... Um, and so there also is that thing of, are you always, like, distracting yourself? Or do you always just need to be um, stimulated? Because mm-hmm. I, in the examples of people I know who do this, I think it's kind of part of that as well. Um, but I love doing that, too. And yet I also would get mad if I'm watching a movie with somebody and they're always, like, every two seconds pulling their phone out, trying to look up stuff. Um, so that's probably me being, um, being a hypocrite, but (laughs) I definitely like to look up stuff or I'll stop it and be like, let me see what, what the backstory was on this or that. Um, so let us know if you do that. Yeah. Um, another one is to read more. Uh, I would say news, nonfiction, fiction, just reading different things in general, um, to stimulate different parts of your brain. Like I know we talk a lot about us reading intentionally reading fiction and things that are not self-help and are not business because it, it can get like bleh sometimes. Um, so just stimulating different parts of your brain, causing you to think in a different way. And I think to stay curious about uh, society and the world around you, that even things like the economist or certain types of magazines or the newspaper or journals are important to skim and read as well, just because uh, quite frankly, the things that are put in front of us are not all that's happening in the world a lot of times. There's so many things going on, like, on the continent of Africa right now and so many different um, um, conflicts and, and even and good things as well. But it's like we don't even learn about certain news and what's going on. So I'm always interested in reading, like, in the front of The Economist when they have the rundown on, like, different countries and what's happening in different spaces and thinking about, like, how everything is kind of connected as well um, with what we are going through here. So I would definitely recommend also, like, take some time to read the news. Or there's this email called The Skim that everybody Mm -hmm. back in the day, like, it used to be a popping thing. Um, And then I just found myself never actually reading it. But stuff like that where they send you a summary of, like, things going on. Or even, like, uh, Blavity has a good email. They'll send, like, you know, what's going on that day or, or every few days, like, in the headlines. And that's part of the culture. Things like that. Like, sign up for um, an email list maybe also. Um, That's a beneficial way to just stay on top of what's going on. And things like that help you to have better conversations when you're out and about as well and, like, just being informed. Yeah, staying abreast of what's going Mm -hmm. on in the world. Um, Another one is to challenge yourself um, to brainstorm two solutions to an issue. Like, if something comes up, uh, challenge yourself to look at it from different sides. Like, if it was an email, maybe write two different replies and just see – how that goes, or just just brainstorming different ways to respond or reply to a thing. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do is just challenge yourself to be silent more often. Um, and you have to really be conscious about this, I guess, to do it. But next time you're out somewhere or talking to somebody, 
um, we talked about listening skills before, and one of the suggestions is to wait for a few seconds after somebody's done talking before you say anything, and just giving yourself more pause, more more uh, space to really just receive instead of trying to formulate things or you know cut a person off or whatever it may be. Um, but that would reflect kind of being curious and being more open to like really hearing what what's going on around you instead of you. Um, you know, consistently and, and constantly just throwing your thoughts out there. And then another one is instead of always making statements, like challenge yourself to ask questions, like where you would typically just make a statement. So I think that allows you to be present and listen, you know, what's going on, but also helps you to learn things you might not have learned um, if you're always just putting your knowledge and your words out there. Another um, good thing to try doing is looking for evidence when you see a statement made. So this could be on the news. This could be a tweet, for example, like before you retweet it, um, you know, actually looking at some stuff up and saying like, you know, is this valid or what else is, has to do with the context of this? Um, you know, actually reading the news story before you share it, et cetera. I think that it's a good practice to um, just not take things at face value and to question information in general um, you know, whether it's conspiracy or it's like something, something just regular, like you should always kind of question things and, you know, not just take in information to spitball right back out. I love that little warning on Twitter. It's like, do you want to read this article right. first you before sure you, you share it? <laughs> but you put it out All there. Right, fam. I also, um, and I'll never do it either. When it is one of those that pops up, I'm like, I, I know what this is. Retweet. Um, I also do this when people tell me stuff. Like, I mean, I love y'all, but sometimes if people tell me stuff, I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm going to research that. And then you'll find out, like, who you can trust and who you can't trust when it yeah, comes to information. <laughs> so if you got friends who always, um, man, I put myself out there. I'm always talking about statistics and quotes and different things. Man, Google me. Make sure I'm saying the mm-hmm. right thing. Uh, and then the last one is to make a list of things that you want to try or that are interesting to you and then actually go do them. I think experiential learning um, and experiential curiosity are, are the most fun, at least for me. And so just challenging yourself to try new things. Yeah, because trying things is a form of learning as well. We're not, this isn't all about just reading and listening to stuff. Um, so I am glad that that came out, even though it's at the end. I have a list of things that I want to try and things that I want to go do, and I just work down the list. Um, and so it's pretty cool to also you know, just be open to experiences. And also one of the bigger things about doing something like that is that I randomly will think about something like, oh, that would be cool to go um, go to a Wimbledon match or something random. And then it's like, oh, instead of me just having that thought, let me actually categorize that thought or file those thoughts somewhere. Um, so I do that now, even with my day-to-day of like how I do work and tasks and things. And I just find myself more often taking my thoughts and putting it in a file And so be sure to, you know, not just let things come in and out, but if you make a list of stuff you want to get into or stuff you want to try doing, um, you know, it's kind of interesting when you think about, oh, wow, I really am curious about all these things. Um, And that can also kind of remind you of, you know, the world and the exploration that you want to do. That's probably a great starting place. So if you're looking for somewhere to start, I would say start there. (laughs) Yeah, I would say find like a a good like listserv or like an email or news or something like that, that of, of some topic or thing you're interested in and start really trying to get into some new things. And yeah. And also making a list of stuff you want to try or learn about. And you can go down that list as well. I think, um, actually dang, I don't remember what book or something this was, but I remember seeing something about, um, Oh, 
I know. Maybe one of these. This, um, the business of expertise, actually, I think probably this book, part of it was talking about how, like, if you have a notebook, um, or like as you go through your day of work or whatever, things that you don't really know are like, or write down like things you could know better. So for example, maybe it's like, you know, how things are changing in your market or in the industry or whatever, or, you know, little things that you could get better at. And it was like literally going down that list and like taking a certain amount of time to, to research it. And he said like, challenge yourself to write about it. So like write an article about it. Um, and then challenge yourself to do something else and you know, whatever, but he talks about like how you consistently become an expert or how to become an expert. Um, so there's a lot of tips in that book actually that were pretty good and interesting around like first just getting down the thoughts that uh, you want to do better or things you want to learn and then how do you actually do things to retain that information um, and make it useful for you um, so that you can charge more or you know be more of a thought leader or whatever right so that's like kind of a quick little professional turn on it but um, yeah that's a pretty good practice as well like challenge yourself to not just be curious and to learn it but then how can you apply something that that's a really good thought. And I probably would need to read that book. Um, I had a thought when you were talking about that. And actually, that's how whole butters. That's how I started making body butters. Because mm. I really like body, you know, lotions and creams and different things. And I was like, man, what if it looked like to make one for my own? And I thought about this years ago when I still lived in Dallas. Never did it. Out here, I was like, oh, during the pandemic, let me buy some stuff mm -hmm. and start testing. I had 18 formulas before I figured out the one that I actually use now. But it was so much fun, and it has opened a whole world of other stuff that I didn't even know I was that curious or that interested in. And now I really enjoy making it and trying different stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And then you never know what that could turn into. So um, we want to encourage you to be curious and to flex your curiosity muscle. Um let us know what things you can do to try to, you know, get out there and challenge yourself to learn new things and try new things. This week's shout out is going to go to one of our past guests, John Conyers. He was in, I don't remember the number of the episode, but grief is like a ball in a box. Um, so he was on the podcast to speak about grief, but we wanted to shout him out because he has officially made the ballot on Michigan's 13th congressional district. So he will officially um, be running for Congress in Michigan. Um, and, yeah, we just want to wish him well, and congrats on that. We love to hear our past guests doing cool things and um, making a difference and growing in their industry and in their space. So definitely shouting him out today. Where can people find him or uh, you can, support his campaign or learn more? Yeah, you can go to www.conyersforcongress.com and you can learn more about him there or you can click the donate button. Um, as somebody running for Congress, like running a campaign is pretty expensive because you have all the staffers and polling and all these different things that you're trying to do just to get the awareness out and um, meet as many people as you can and, and, you know, do some things within the community. So I know that every donation will be helpful. Um, and I think on the 13th, he's doing a fundraiser also, like a digital fundraiser via social, um, $13 on the 13th for the 13th district. So um, definitely, like, you know, even if you just give a dollar, $13, $1,000, whatever, um, I'm sure it'll be helpful for them. Awesome. And then this week's question of the week is if you could talk to an animal for a day, which one would you talk to? And what are some of the things you would ask them? Uh, if I could talk to an animal, I would want to talk to, hmm, I think I would want to talk to 
a cat and I would, I don't necessarily have a real question, but I would want to talk to a cat because I'd want to hear if they really have the attitude that it seems like <laughs> they act like they have or if, if we're just reading it all wrong. Like, like maybe they're like love you and they're kind and all that, but like it just doesn't seem that way. They're just also very independent or I wonder if it's just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, oh, here you go again. So I'd be <laughs> curious about that. I was between a dog and a cheetah, but I'm going to go with a dog because I would ask them, are y'all really colorblind? Like, do y'all understand us? Do y'all have y'all's own language? Like, I would have all kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. What do you dream about? Like, um, you know, how do you feel whenever your person leaves? Because it seems like it pains your soul so much. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be so excited. But maybe they're also misunderstood. But I don't think so. Dogs are a lot easier to read to me than cats. Yeah. That Um, reminds me of um, of a high thought I had one time. I forgot who I had told it to. But I was like... Low-key, are dogs smarter than us? Because they eventually learn, like, when we say sit or, like, no and things like that. But, like, if a dog was barking or making noise to you, like, you literally have never have any idea what they're talking about. So I was like, I wonder, like, does that are they smarter than us in a way? Or is it weird that, you know, we kind of place them as a beneath you type of species where it's like, mm, but they can speak English. Like, not speak it, but they can understand us. And we... But maybe we understand, like, some body language, but, like, we don't really know what y'all are talking about. So who's really who's really smart? <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Hot you question know. of the week. Bam. <laughs> so hit us. Let us know um, if you could talk to an animal, which one would it be? And what are some of the things you would ask them? Hope you have a great week. Be curious. Live life. And enjoy yourself. Peace.